everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you are back with Miki and I today. We're talking about all the fun things. We talked about Christmas on Monday. If you missed that episode, go back and listen. Today, I want to talk a little bit about some things that have gone on in the world over this past year. Um, just kind of a, a year in review in America and maybe even around the world. I mean, there's things that have gone on, um, you know, thinking of Israel and mm. um, you know, just things going on in the church. And uh, there's just so much that is surrounding us. And, and it's been a crazy year. And I think we're in for another crazy year, maybe even a crazier year coming up um, with this election. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, this is definitely a time to be on our knees and uh, praying and trusting the Lord. Um, we know that He is on His throne, and I'm so thankful for that. So um, anyway, we are going to get back into our conversation. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. They will teach math to your kids so you don't have to. You don't have to do it. You just, you know what, you just do what we do, hand your kids a laptop computer, let them log in and let them do their math. It does all the grading for them. It does all the teaching for them. And we absolutely love it. I'm so thankful for them. So check them out, ctcmath.com. Also, we are so grateful, like I said on Monday, uh, for those of you who are giving to the Schoolhouse Rocked Ministry, um, as you know, if you if you get our newsletter, you know that we are in the midst of some, some really great needs here um, at the ministry. And we really could use your financial support. We could use your prayers um, if you feel led to help support us financially, you can do that through our website, uh, schoolhouserocked.com. Click on the donate button. And we are so greatly um, appreciative of that. Um, we cannot do what we do without you, our listeners, supporting and without our sponsors. And we love what we do. I, I was talking to someone uh, earlier today um, and just saying, I, I literally genuinely love podcasting. I never imagined that I would be doing this. As a matter of fact, when we got married, podcasting wasn't even in existence. Like it just the internet, we got married in 1995 and the internet was just coming into existence and podcasting did not exist at that time. And so I never would have imagined that I would be doing this and I love it. I love working with my husband. We love working together as a family and um, moving forward with this ministry. Um, so if the Lord puts it on your heart to help support us, we would be so thankful um, for that. And thank you for those of you who have done that. Uh, we Words literally cannot express how grateful we are for that. So again, you can find all those things at the website, schoolhouserocked.com, as well as signing up for a newsletter there. Well, Miki, welcome back to the podcast. It was so fun talking on Monday and we were giggling together because Miki tried to straight up take over my <laughs> podcast, you guys. Did you catch that? <laughs> She's like, you want to interview me? Uh-uh. I'm going to interview you. Miki's house rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. As well as us, Miki and her husband, man, they have an incredible podcast. It's called Culture Proof. And let me just tell you, if you are looking for a place to go, I don't mean physically, but I mean auditorily. If you're looking for a place to go where you want to just know what's going on in culture and how to respond from a biblical worldview and have a really good solid foundation of what's happening around us, the Culture Proof Podcast is one of the best places to go because there, I don't know. And actually, let me ask you about this, Miki, because you guys are so good at really being in tune and, and keeping up to date with everything that's happening in the culture today. 
And I, I feel like I can't catch up. So one of the ways that I keep informed is by listening to the Culture Proof podcast. Where do you get your information from? And how do you know, the, I mean, this is a twofold question. Where do you get it from? And how do you know that the information that you have is reliable? Because that is something that I think is so hard as Christians to know where to look for truth. Because I really want to know, like, what's going on in the world? What do I need to know about? I don't want to know more than I need to know, but I want to know what's important. Mm -hmm. So where do I find that truth? And then how do I know that it's actually truth? Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, I would say that Will the Great um, often gifts me stories. Like he just will Mm. send me information um, and say, hey, have you seen this? Have you read this? Um, You guys actually send us information. Mm. You will say, you know, did you know that this was going on? And the same is true for other believers. They will send yeah. us information. Then what we do once we receive that is we will verify it. Like, so I will go and check and see, is this a story that's been covered or picked up somewhere else? And then is the source dependable? Like, where are we getting the information? Have have they um, established a track record? You know what I mean? Like, can I trust what's mm-hmm. coming from them? I loved world. Um, I love world news. I love to go there and check things out. I will go to the Christian Post. I will go to Christianity Today. Um, I go to the Daily Wire. I I even go to Fox News. I go to the Daily Signal. And um, and what I'm looking for is I'm looking for sort of like a common thread of current events. Like what is the thing Mm -hmm. that seems to be making its rounds? And then I will prayerfully ask the Lord, like, okay, Lord, how do we process this? Like, what what does right. this really mean? And how should your people process what we're reading, right? Like, how do we... Mm-hmm. And so as I as I read and, you know, as I'm thinking it through, I, I don't think that this is, um, you know, like, I, I'm not exactly a student of it, but the Holy Spirit just leads me. Like, He will remind yeah. me of scriptures as I read, and He will show me what aspect of... Um, I guess what is eternal, we need to focus on. So whether or not that is the fall of man that's present in the new story or the rejection of God, the creator that's in the new story, um, the need to be a student of God's word, especially as you yeah. look at what's happening in the church, like how are we being duped? Um, so the Holy right. Spirit just kind of brings into shape um, what the deficit is in the story. And, and then we go from there. And then sometimes just kind of talking those things out with Will the Great just leads to another thought. There often the things that we actually discuss and actually talk about, they were not exactly where we thought we would go with the story. We had one aim when we started out, Mm -hmm. but as we're talking it through, just like you guys do, like a husband and a wife, you know, like Will the Great might say something and then I'm like, oh, actually this. And so in real time, what our listeners are actually hearing is, us kind of responding to each other where it's like, oh man, mm-hmm. that's that's a really good thought, you know, something that we hadn't talked about before. Yeah. Yeah. You do a great job talking together. And and yes, her husband, his name, um, according to Miki, is Will the Great. <laughs> <laughs> First name Will, middle name the, the last great. name Great. You know, he's saved in my phone that way. So unless <laughs> I change him in my contacts, that's just what he gets to be. It's so funny. I've never heard you call him anything else but Will the Great. And I love that you have that much respect and love and admiration for your husband. Well, you saw um, what I just tried to so do fun. with your podcast. It takes a special <laughs> type, a special kind of person to be friends with me. And so imagine being married. Like, I mean, he's a special kind of man. <laughs> so anyway, no, I love him dearly. 
Oh, I know you do. I know you do. Um, you know, as, as we're talking about just the things going on in the world, you mentioned the, the church and how we're being duped. And I want to talk about that for a minute because um, I, I don't know how many people caught you say that, but I know that's one thing that you talk a lot about on your podcast is the church. What's mm. going on in the church? What is the church? Um, how we are, as Christians, as, as true believers, how we are to be burdened for the church. So I want to park there for a little bit, but let's take a break first. We will be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Miki. Um, Miki, as we're talking about the church and even looking over the past year of what the church has looked like in America, what are you seeing? I mean, and maybe we can start with like, what, what is the church? Mm. You know, is, is the church a building? Is it the people? How would you define the church? And then what are you seeing happening in the church today? And how as Christians should we respond to that? Yeah, I think I love that question. And, and for that, we have to kind of go back to the Old Testament to see what the Lord was doing in foreshadowing, right? Setting apart a group of people for himself unto himself. So we are set apart from the world and unto God. So there's a twofold kind of set apart aspect of what it is to be the Lord's, right? From the mm -hmm. world unto God. And so when you think of the church, this is what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are now set apart from the world unto God, and we are set apart because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And so this is this is sanctified, right? Like this is holiness. This is what it is to be different. Um, we are the called out ones. In the New Testament context, we talk in terms of the ecclesia, what it is to be called out, um, mm -hmm. to be set apart from those around us. And it's the people of God. It is not a building. And so it's really interesting because in the New Testament, what you see is what was foreshadowed in the Old Testament, that it's new people with a new culture that is distinct in the world. They are doing things that the people around them are not doing, and they are to be peculiar. They are to be doing things that are counter the culture at the time. And the same thing mm -hmm. for the church. We are to be doing things that are counter the culture. Um, I think where the church has gotten into trouble is that we have redefined what the church is. And so we've yeah. made it a building. We have made it a social club. We have made it a come and belong and then believe. And we say, maybe you'll believe, but isn't it great to belong? When really, yeah. in order to be a part of the church, belief must precede the belonging. Like you belong mm -hmm. because you believe. And I think Amen. because we have gotten these things out of order, um, it's really kind of messed us up as far as our distinction goes. We're trying so desperately to be relevant 
Um, I like to describe it as the church kind of having an identity crisis because we don't yeah. know who we are and we don't understand our, our purpose in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a scary place to be. Um, and it's so true. You use the word relevant and we, we see there are actually churches named like relevant church. What is what does that mean? I mean, from from your perspective, and I, I have my own ideas of what this what I believe this means. Um, and well, I guess let me just say, when I think of the relevant church, I think of the church that's trying to entice the world mm. and look like the world. They yes. want to be relevant. They want to look like the world. And and I think where it can get kind of tricky is that oftentimes they want to look like the world to bring the world in, but then they just keep looking like the world. Yep. So what do you talk about the relevant church today? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the relevant church is the church that does not trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to mm -hmm. convert people. <laughs> like I, yeah. I think, you know, we've got to be relevant when we don't trust the Holy Spirit. And and yeah. why do I say that? Because if the Holy Spirit is doing the work of drawing us, if the Holy Spirit is convicting of sin, then yeah. I don't need to be up on the latest trends so as to replicate that so that people will like me, so that right. they will come. Um, but if I'm trying to fill a building, if I'm right. if I'm trying to get my stats up, you know what I mean? If yeah. I'm if I'm trying to look good to the world, then I've got to be relevant because I now have subjected myself to that metric. Like that's that's mm -hmm. the measure of success. Um I think what we need to do is ask the Holy Spirit to continue doing the work that Jesus said that he would do, right? That he mm -hmm. would come and lead and guide us in all things, that he would lead us in truth and righteousness, that he would convict of sin. We've got churches today, Yvette, that are filled with people who um, really don't know Jesus. Like they, right. they know a good party, they know a good club, yeah. um, and they know a good gathering, but they don't know the one who alone can save their souls. And that is tragic to me. And so yes. I think the the metric has got to change. Like when we start asking people or maybe when we observe churches and, and we try to determine if a church is successful, we've got to forget about the numbers. We've got to ask, do we have genuine converts? Do we have people who really know Jesus or are we deceiving them and making them comfortable onto destruction? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. When it comes to our kids, how do we, as parents, you know, we're talking to mostly homeschool parents today, and and I think it's easy for us as as homeschool parents to say, well, we're we're doing all, you know, we're using our Christian curriculum, and we read the Bible together every day, and those are all things we should be doing, of course. But how do we really disciple our kids' hearts towards truth, and not just throw curriculum at them, throw some Bible verses at them, and then we just, you know. We call it good. Okay, our kids, they've got Jesus and we're fine. How, okay, I don't want to use the wrong word here because we can never ensure our children's salvation. Like, you know, homeschooling is not the gospel. Homeschooling them is not going to save them. Mm -hmm. We all know that um, it, it's a great way to point them to Jesus. But I guess my question is, how do we really, really guide our kids' hearts towards truth and helping them to discern the difference between a church that has false converts or, you know, people who are just there because, I mean, you and I both live in the South, Minky. Mm -hmm. We know everybody who lives in the South is a Christian because, you we know, they the say y'all. I mean, yeah, if you right. say y'all, then <laughs> you're right. a Christian. If you drink sweet tea, you yep. are a Christian, yep. right? That's just kind of how it is. And it's very different than what life was like in California. It's very, it's just a very different culture. 
um, one that's kind of rocked our family. So how do we help our kids walk through this and help them to just really be able to discern, like, here's what a good church looks like. Mm. Here's what the church, the the church of God, the church of Christ in its truest form looks Mm -hmm. like compared to what so many of these other churches look like today. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm about to give a really, really long answer. Go ahead, Um, sister. And here here it is. (laughs) We live it, Mm -hmm. right? So this seems like, Overly simplistic. Okay. So if, if I, if I want my children to, to observe the true faith, then I am going to learn it and I am going to live it. That means Mm -hmm. that I am going to trust the scriptures that are God breathed and I'm not going to take them as a collection of self-help tools that if I apply them, I'll live a better life. I'm going to say, this is the word of God. And where the Bible is instructive, I am going to take that as a command. When the Bible right. tells me to do something, I am not going to take that as a suggestion. I'm going to take that as a command, and I'm going to do those things as difficult as they are. Why do I say that? I say that because from, again, Old Testament to New Testament, mm-hmm. we see that living differently, living mm-hmm. counterculturally, provokes the question, why? So mm-hmm. from Deuteronomy 6, right, to 1 Peter chapters 1, 2, right up to 315, we love the apologetics chapter, uh, apologetics verse, right? But what we don't recognize is that there is countercultural living involved in that, mm-hmm. that you have a group of people who are doing something different. So in Deuteronomy 6, you've got the, the, the father doing something different, um, obeying all of the commands of God, Right. And fully expecting that in a, in a time to come that the son is going to ask why. Why are you doing things this way? Why don't we do this? Why do we keep all of these commandments? Why, why, why? And then what does mm-hmm. the Lord say? That in that day, you are to say, because you are slaves in Egypt. So what mm-hmm. is this foreshadowing? Well, in the New Testament context, when we are doing the things that the Lord has commanded us to do, right? We we sort of appease ourselves in, in our disobedience by thinking that they're just suggestions. But there, we have the commands of scripture, things that the Lord tells us to do, and they are weighted yeah. by the authority of the one who's told us to do it, that, that he right. is in fact God, right? And so what does God want from us? That we live these things out, that this is a part of our life through and through. And then our kid says, well, well, why don't we use people's personal pronouns? Why don't mm-hmm. we do that? Why don't we practice pronoun hospitality? Why don't we do that? And so then we have an opportunity to say, well, you know what? Because once I was a slave to sin, Mm-hmm. Once I was on my way to destruction and then the Lord Jesus called me aside from that path of destruction and now I have eternal life because I've confessed him as Lord. Now, what goes along with that is a certain set of expectations that I am mm-hmm. no longer going to live according to that pattern of sin, but I'm going to adopt a new way of living. I have a new nature now because of the Holy Spirit who indwells me. So I'm not going to yeah. be conformed to the patterns of this world. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, right? So that I can discern right. what's good and what's the perfect will of God. And this seems really, really simple when we say, let's just live it out. But if you survey most parents, they don't know how. And and why is it? Right. And and again, I want to be gracious and I want to be charitable. Why don't we know how to live it out? Because what has been exalted in our churches um, for a very long time now is that we need to be relevant. So we right. don't want to be peculiar. 
We don't want to live in a way that's going to like ruffle people's feathers. We don't want people thinking that we're different. You know, mm-hmm. far be it from me that people would say that Miki is different. She seems kind of set apart. Well, that's our yeah. aim. Actually, we we do want that. We want people to say not that we manufacture it. Right. Like we're not sure. trying to just like perform for people, but we right. actually want to live so differently that people yeah. say, why? Why are you right. doing that? And so then we get to first Peter three fifteen. Then we are ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. You know, when we live this way, Yvette, we are in good company with the early church. They were so yeah. peculiar and and they were um, set apart as a fact. And so I don't want to put so on that as if there could be degrees of being set apart. You're either set apart right. or you're not, right? Because the set apart ones are the ones in whom the spirit of God dwells. And that's a fact. Right. Like either he indwells yeah. us or he doesn't. And so they were right. set apart Um, And the outflow of that was that they looked so different that they provoked the question, why? They they became the objects of ire because they were different. They were seen as exclusive, you know, and so they were persecuted because of that. But Yvette, I mean, if we're honest as Christians living in 21st century America, we don't want to be persecuted. Like we don't, we don't want to suffer. We don't want any bad news. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to be the weird ones, right. you know, or peculiar, as you say. Um, it's one of my favorite things that you have said on this podcast. And this was back when we did Homegrown Generation last year. And I, I asked it, a question similar to this, but we were talking about like, as Christians, why are we to be different? And you said, because God is worthy. Mm. And I that continues to just ring in my mind. And I've said it to my girls since then, because God is worthy. Amen. He is worthy of us being different. And that does not mean that we need to, you know, go out on the street corner holding up a sign, you know, you're going to go to hell because of your sins. I mean, maybe that's, you know, some people do that. Um, but it, it's a hard balance, I think, of engaging in the culture without, I mean, it's, you know, being in the world without being of the world. Yes. And it's hard to sometimes engage with the people around us and in the culture because it seems like every single day we're just going down this slippery slope of sin. And we're, we're just becoming even, you know, I, as, as Christians, I feel like even as intentional as we are, we almost are becoming desensitized Mm. to it because it's just everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere. And it's so hard. Like I, I feel sometimes like, well, we can't go anywhere without sin just flashing in front of our faces. We can't go anywhere. We can't go to the mall. You can't go to Walmart. You can't go to Target. You can't go to Ulta. You can't, you can't do all the things without it just right in your face. Yes. And so it's hard to know how to navigate through these things. But again, the word of God, I mean, that's, that's it. It's why we need to know it, teach it to our kids. And, um, and so, yeah, let me, let me ask you this one last thing is we are totally out of time. But how would you encourage the, the mom or dad who maybe they're a new Christian and they're like, I'm just trying to figure this out on my own. I'm just trying to figure out what the Bible even says. Hmm. Um, I, I know recently you actually did an episode on Kat Von D and how she made a profession of faith. She got baptized, which is an incredible testimony. I listened to her um, part of her testimony and it's, it's you know, I, I don't know, of course, exactly where she is with the Lord. But it was so neat to just see, like, she clearly has had a change in her life and in her heart. And she would be that baby, baby Christian who 
would just say, I, I don't, I don't even know yes. how to do this. I don't know how to do this thing. And I, I, I'm figuring it out myself. So I don't even know how to pass this on to my kids. How would you encourage that parent? So I, the first question I would ask is who in your life um, is available to disciple you? Like if you mm. are like, I don't know. So the, the body, the body of Christ is, is amazing because we are really set up the Lord leads us in victory. Like he wants us to mm-hmm. win. Right. And so when you think yeah. about that, like the Lord is not saying, well, find me if you can, or learn, right. you know, <laughs> he wants us to win. So he leads us in victory. So number one, you have the Holy spirit indwelling you. And so the Holy spirit mm-hmm. authored the text, you know? And so yep. I always tell my kids, I go, how cool that you get to have the author tell you what he meant. Like as you're sitting down now we, we want to teach Bible study tools, right? We want to teach inductive Bible study. We want to teach them how to exegete scripture. And so I would say that even to a new parent, we want to teach how to search the scriptures effectively, but I would ask mm-hmm. someone to come alongside me yeah. and to help me in that way, help me to be able to do that. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, I, I would say, read God's word, yes. read God's word. You know, people have questions. They say, well, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I'm saved? One, we have confidence in the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ, right? That if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you are saved. So we have confidence in the work of Jesus Christ. But then also the Lord Jesus told us in John 8, 31, that if we continue in his word, then Mm -hmm. we are truly disciples of his. That's right. So if we want to know if we are a follower of Jesus Christ, the big question is, do I hold fast to his word? Yeah. When I read it, am I changed by it? Do I apply it? Or do I find ways to get around that application that maybe it doesn't apply to me or maybe I need to share this part with a friend because it's definitely not for me. Yeah. Look, the first stop that God's word makes is right there to the person who's reading it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, such good stuff. And I love you talked about uh, doing an inductive Bible study right after the new year. So we're kicking off the new year with Heidi St. John. And then the the second week in January, we're going to have a lady named Naomi Vaccaro on, and she's from Wholehearted. Um, it's, it's a ministry that provides Bible study tools. And we are going to walk through how to do an inductive Bible study ourselves, and then how to walk our kids through learning how to do an inductive Bible study. That's and we're going to do this on the podcast. So I'm super excited about it um, because it's what we need to know. We need to know how to study God's Word. It's it's so much more than just reading the words on a page. It's actually digging in and understanding who God is, what He's trying to tell us, what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us as we read it. So I'm really excited about that coming up. Um, but we're out of time. So we're going to come back tomorrow, finish our conversation. You guys, thank you so much again for listening. We will put all the links to Miki Addison and her podcast and their ministry in the show notes. And again, you can find everything um, for Schoolhouse Rocked at our website, schoolhouserocked.com. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to the very end to hear a clip of what Miki and I are going to be talking about tomorrow on the podcast. Um we appreciate that so much. It just, it's its fun to hear that little like, okay, here's what's coming up next. Here's just a little bug in your ear. Um, also, if you have not left a review for this podcast, would you do that? We would greatly appreciate it. Um, leave a rating and a written review is so helpful for us and uh, just helps other people to find the podcast. Thank you for being with us. We will see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both 
watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. Think of the culture that we live in today that lies to moms and says that not only can we do all of the things, but we should try. We should try to do all of the things. And that's the epitome of empowerment. That's the epitome of what it is to be a woman that, you know, being a mom, like, I mean, that's great, but you don't want to just be a mom, which I hate. I hate when people say just a mom. Like, you have no idea what it is to be a mom. You have no idea what it is to shape and to care for and to love and to nurture children. Um, We, in fact, have to be designed as we're designed as women to be a mom. 